bitch is bad and bullshit. Hey guys, it's Erin. Just a reminder that this is our second half of episode five. Uh, The first half came out last week and included This Week in Feminism, and this half includes Rent and Receipts and Misogynist of the Week. Enjoy! Okay, on to our next segment, Rent and Receipts. This is where we each bring an article to share with the other two ladies. So I'm going to kick it off this week um, with an article from McLean's. Uh, the headline is, New Brunswick to provide an abortion pill free of charge. Actually, it has the abortion pill's name, but I'm going to butcher <laughs> it, so I just decided to not say it. Um, so basically, uh, the article says that New Brunswick has become the first province to announce that it will offer the abortion pill to women free of charge with valid Medicare access. That's awesome. Uh, and it's particularly great because uh, New Brunswick is one of the provinces that has uh, restricted abortions pretty pretty uh, heavily. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, the, I think well, I think it was PEI where you couldn't even get an abortion on the island. Yeah. At, for I don't even know if that's changed, but yeah. Yeah. Because so the, the Morgenthaler Clinic there closed. Yeah, right? it closed. So then there was not even an abortion on the whole island. So of PEI. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So, but this, this pill, I think, is great, and they, for a while, they weren't sure if they were going to approve it in Canada, and there was all this, like, back and forth or whatever, but it's, like, it's incredible access to reproductive rights, so I'm super pumped about this. So, this pill, so what is it, so what it, so what it does, so I took this pill um, prior to getting my IUD inserted, because it softens the cervix. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Yeah, so you ingest it and it like it, it feels awful. You're nauseous. You get cramps because your uterus is contracting mm-hmm. um, to like push out the what's ever inside, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of like bleed a bit, um, and it just softens the cervix so it, it it can just wash itself out. Yeah. So this pill can be taken, uh, I think, up to into eight weeks of pregnancy. So you'd have to know you were pregnant quite early on. Like you'd have to. Mm-hmm. Be really paying attention, um, but then once you take it, it's an it's a medical abortion as opposed to a surgical abortion. So it's as opposed to the DNC, you can take the pill, and then the only thing is that if if your uterus doesn't completely expel, like if it doesn't actually terminate the pregnancy, then you would have to get the surgical abortion to follow up because you couldn't then have the baby. Like you would, mm. you'd have to decide. So question. Mm-hmm. Is this, where else in Canada is this pill available? So you can get it in Canada. So it, mm-hmm. uh, so Health Canada legalized the medication, I think, in 2015. Um, because it's 2015. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, in July 2015. Oh. Previous, oh. Go- previous government. Wow. Mm-hmm. The Harper government? Yeah. <gasps> Authorized in 2015 and became available uh, on the market in January. And it costs around three hundred dollars typically. So actually, perhaps I didn't get the this one. I had another one where you just inserted it inside. I think that's the mesoprostol. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The one that goes yeah into you, and it's very similar. Yeah, and this one this one is taken in in combination with mesoprostol. Okay. So yeah, it's but it's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so the pill this pill costs three hundred dollars to to purchase. Yeah. But. 
now you can just get it for free in New Brunswick, provided you have healthcare coverage. So I have a bit of a different take on this. What are your thoughts? We really like the convenience of pills, don't we? Well, this is instead of having to get a DNC. I know. And I'm not, I'm not crazy about that idea. Because I really do think that it's a really difficult decision. And sometimes I feel like like people, and this is this really has nothing to do with gender and more to do with our culture mm. of of pill popping, and I feel like sometimes you need to go through that pain. Mm, I don't. I disagree, and I think, I, know. I think for some women, getting an abortion isn't a difficult decision. Well, there's that. Yeah, I think there. Yeah, I think there's like a cautionary tale here because like people. The, uh, pro-choice, uh, people who are pro-choice tend to say like, oh, abortions aren't birth control, like mm-hmm. aren't a method of birth control. And I think that this could possibly start working its way into like that fuzzy gray territory. Like some people will probably do that. Right. Like, in like, so like if you don't, if you don't have safe sex or protected sex or whatever, and then you don't you take your plan, you B. don't take the plan B and then you find out you're pregnant yeah. Early enough, then maybe you would just use this pill. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know, actually. I, I have... So, when I say pain, I mean the struggle. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't mean physical pain. Sure, right. Um, but, you know, I, I'm hesitant to weigh into individual choices like this, on the other hand. Well, yeah, that's what I think. Like, everyone should just have this choice. And if this is an, yet another reproductive choice that we have, I'm, like, all for it. Yep. I'm more torn. <laughs> at her. Yeah, you're going to get some hats. That's fine. It's, and it's not, it's not about me being torn about abortion. It's about yeah. me being torn about, about the method. I, yeah. I feel like, in a general sense, um, we we're a pill popping society and we like to we like to pop pills for convenience in a way and it's that convenience part that bothers me yeah because it is like at at the end of the day i i hate to sound like somebody who's who's not pro choice but it is it is it is i mean i don't like i don't like that it's so convenient to get rid of something that might turn into a human life. I mean, yeah, that's I, that's my issue. I think I would prefer having free birth control. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like if I had to pick one. Yeah. I, exactly. I would probably pick. Let's have free birth control. Right. That's, yeah. yeah. Great. Anyway. Yeah. Go. Okay. All right. Well, my rent and receipts uh, comes back to uh, education on sexual assault law for judges. So as we've seen in the last, I would say, well, this has been going on in the justice system for a really long time, but a few court cases have really brought this to attention that the bench, the federal provincial benches tend to be mostly old white men. And as it turns out, they believe in rape myths, just like a lot of people do. They believe in what? Rape myths. 
rape myths. That ah, women, yes. You know, women have been asking for it, or they could have prevented it somehow. Or they or should have kept their knees together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Rona Ambrose and oh. some other people, you know, and I've got my feelings about Rona, but this is a great... I is this a good Rona? This is a good okay, Rona. Okay, yay. She, um, you know, they're pushing for mandatory education for judges on the bench. And I think that that's just about sexual assault and rape myths and, you know, educating them so that they know that this is like, you can't just keep your knees together. <laughs> Sometimes... You might contact your race, your rapist after a sexual assault or whatever. So, anyway, I'm just like I'm super down with this mandatory charging, and I I hope it comes to fruition. Although apparently it's a real debate in the new judge school. They don't know if they want to do this or not. So what? Yeah. Well, because those are probably run by old white men too. Yeah. So I find it interesting that education is supposed to clear up all these isms. Sexism, racism, yeah. da, 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 LGBTQ, yeah, um, and it doesn't, because there are a lot of educated fools out there. That does make a good point, and we've talked about that a lot with the police system with sexual assault and femicide and all that other stuff too. Is that you can do all the training that you want, but if the if the structural culture is such that those behaviors and beliefs are permitted, then it's they will persist. Doesn't matter what training you do. I think what I think is interesting about this is that this is the type of thing that gets put through when you have non-white men in charge. <laughs> exactly. Like this is You mean white men in charge? Sorry, yeah. yeah. When you have yeah. when you have not people who are not white men in charge. Yeah. Then we can talk about these things. Oh, I see, I see, I see. And, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we can yeah. You know, we can have a, a woman of a major party in Canada who's mm-hmm. the leader pushing for this exactly. training. Yeah, of the conservative quote-unquote party. Like, that's a, you know, this is a great thing that I think is coming from a conservative leader. Like, that we should be thinking about how to make our sexu- or our um, court system more accessible for sexual assault survivors and that kind of thing. Well, I will say this. Um, whoever the conservative leader is will, to me, never match Rhoda Ambrose. Mm -hmm. I actually find her... I don't agree with her on everything. There's some things where I'm like, ugh. You're never going to agree with a But you're never never going to agree with a... uh, But I think she's got the chops. I think she's got the gravitas. I think she's... I think she's... She's got that... She's got that something. She Mm -hmm. understands she can be self-deprecating, too. Yeah. 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 She has a sense of humor. Yeah. 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 And she she looks like she doesn't take shit, yeah. which I think is just, you know, it's a nece- it's a necessity. Yeah. And so I I am actually going to be a little bit saddened. If if Rona Ambrose were the leader of the Conservative Party, I would consider voting conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, I think I probably yeah. would too. Yeah. But anyway, going back to um, basically what I'm saying is is culture trumps um, education. Yeah. I oh agree. yeah. Totally. So it doesn't matter how educated you are, once you're once the culture is such that we're okay with telling women to put their put their knees together, mm-hmm. nothing bad will happen. Mm-hmm. Then we really have to look at 
the culture under it's it's no wonder to me that that millennial dudes are want the stay-at-home wife if this is the culture that we have provided for them yeah we haven't changed the culture much totally. we've made people more aware but we haven't really moved to change that culture and you know politics is one way to do it yeah all right and now erica your turn what do you got for us this week um i have a little story that might have gone under the radar. That's the whole point. Okay. So Michelle Obama sported natural hair for the first time. Whoa. And this may not seem like a big deal, but it's such a big fucking deal. And the reason is this. How oh, black women's hair is very political. Yep. So because our natural hair is woolly and uh, my grandfather used to say it's the only hair on earth like the lamb of god but <laughs> i know i was like so cute it is so cute anyway so um black women's hair is very political for the fact that it's not like any other hair on the planet black hair is just not like any other hair it's very spongy it's very woolly it it really reacts to moisture all of these things and that's why people always want to touch it and that's why we always want to break their hands. Because I feel like Lena, oh my gosh, this is why, this is the other thing. I feel like Lena Dunham is one of those people who will put her hand in your hair. Oh yeah. And and be like, oh my gosh, this is just so, so cool. And you're just like, and all you're thinking about are the myriad of ways you could chop her hand off. It's very, people never, ever, ever put your hand in a black woman's hair unless expressly explicitly invited to and that is the lesson for this week <laughs> because you know i mean when people are like oh, your hair it's so cool it's like it is it is the complete um what what do we call it again um exoticization and fetishization of black people we're fetishes, we're exotic, we're not really people, we're more of a caricature for your pleasure. You're othered. You're othered, all of this stuff. That's why we hate it. And who wants anybody's random head in their hair, hand in their hair? I guess people do that, but don't do it to black people. Okay, so there's that. Um, the other thing about the politics of hair has to do with the politics of race more than the politics of gender. So being a black woman in the professional space means that you have to white-a-size yourself. Mm -hmm. So you have to fit more white beauty standards. And this is what, when feminists talk about beauty and how they don't want to be beautiful, we're like, wait, we kind of want to be beautiful. Right. So let's get there first, and then we can join you in your hatred of it okay um that's a really big blind spot by the way but anyway michelle obama wearing her hair natural was a symbol of freedom mm. for us and us meaning black women especially and it is the freedom from having to navigate whiteness that and white standards that I think in a lot of us aspire to. 
Um, so there was huge symbolism there. It also enhanced the Black Women at Work hashtag that we talked about last week, which is um, uh, which was a powerful hashtag that's still kind of getting played. But the point is, is that Michelle Obama, now that she's not in the White House, feels that she is free to be black, mm-hmm. to have a full extension of what of her sense of her own blackness and that's a problem and because that's the way we navigate um the corporate world that's why you could still get nivea ads even when people are colored are at the table or the pepsi ads um a lot of times when people um talk about about you know black women we are we are walking a tight tight rope you want to you want to be able to do well at work, but how well you do at work is um, a direct reflection of how far from black you are. Right, and I think, yeah, I think a lot of the time, you know, in order to be successful in the workplace, we want to, women want to let the work that they do speak for itself, but it's hard to do that when your hair is the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Or your blackness is the conversation. Yeah. And blackness is couched in being too black is is basically, um, you know, if you're you can't be angry, you can't ask for anything because then you're being ungrateful um, and you don't know your place. Mm-hmm. So you can't speak out. Yeah. I mean, even Rush Limbaugh talked about how, you know, Michelle Obama um, was uppity. And uppity is a term used by white people in the Reconstruction era, especially, mm-hmm. um, to basically convey that black people don't know their place, which is below whites. Right. So we can't be too uppity. We can't be, I mean, there's just a myriad of things we can't be if we want to be part of the power structure. Yeah. And so with Michelle Obama, just, just, just having that freedom and expressing the freedom, my entire black Twitter time, part of my Twitter timeline rejoiced <laughs> because that's what we all aspire to. We all aspire to wearing um, to the sim- symbolism of wearing our natural hair um, and the freedom that comes with that. Yeah. I just want to say, so I pulled out um, a couple of supplementary articles. Last year, I believe it was, um, a Toronto waitress was fired from Jack Astor's <laughs> okay. over her natural hair. She said she felt discriminated against because of her hair. Um, the assistant manager, Sabrina, a woman, uh-huh. told her, I'm sorry, we're going to have to, I'm sorry to have to let you go home. How was she wearing her hair? Um, apparently she had it in a bun. Um... Because 
Her hair didn't comply with the chain's straight hair policy. <gasps> yeah. Which is racist in itself. But also, like, even white people don't all have straight hair. I know. I know. What the hell? That's so weird. Yeah. So, while... While... And this is the difference within feminism. So while white women are are fighting not to wear heels or not having to wear heels and hose, we're like, we wish we had that problem. We are fighting just to express ourselves naturally as we were born. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jack Astor's. Well, well I, won't be, I won't be going there. Well, who eats there anyway? I don't know, people in Barry? <laughs> I guess so. I think it's a bit. I think there's, you know, it's like on the outskirts, like Whitby, Barry, and all those places. And I'm just like, yeah, um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, I'm not surprised. I think there's one like in Orleans or something. Or like Gloucester. I, I rest my case. <laughs> yeah. Point taken. <laughs> okay. So. You had another story. I didn't, I did, I did, I did, to support this. Okay. In, at the same time, there is a Toronto woman on on the quest to debunk the notion that African hair is ghetto. <laughs> By the way, I hate that term ghetto. Oh God, it's so bad. Yeah, I know. Although I do use hood. <laughs> So I'm like, I know better. Well, hood by air. <laughs> hood by air. Which, which is... I didn't realize it's on hiatus. It's on hiatus. What does that mean? I don't know. It means it's not coming back, eh? You know oh, what I think it say. means? I think it means they own the rights and they can bring it back whenever they want to. Sure. But maybe not with whomever is, developed it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, hood by air is on hiatus, which I don't even know what that means. Anyway. Um... And Deja Anderson Yantha, if I messed up your name, girl, I'm sorry, um, has always fast been fascinated by the attention, both disdain and admiration, her thick, frizzy, and sometimes out-of-control hair has gotten since she was a little girl. Okay, first of all, the Toronto Star, this, in, this intro paragraph is problematic. <laughs> thick and frizzy. It's not really frizzy. <laughs> anyway. Out of control, so that's how the Toronto Star is describing a black woman's hair. I mean, okay. I guess they sh those could have been adjectives she used, but I take your point. I didn't, I didn't see any quotations. I'm just saying. Um, so basically, what she's doing... What she said is that black hair is still so taboo... Natural hairstyles are often seen as ugly, unprofessional, ghetto, urban, which is just a euphemism for low class and colored. Don't use colored. Um, <laughs> and inappropriate in the workplace and classroom, said Anderson Yantha, whose father's Jamaican, his mother and mother is Guyanese. Big up Guy Guyana, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> the media depicts prison life with people in cornrows and equates it with criminality it is saying something and it's true yep. cornrows are associated with criminality yep and the fa how we have it's amazing how we've sliced and diced up people 
and their and the uniqueness of them and made it bad which makes the whole white of is purity nivea ad even worse yeah so basically what she's doing is she is she created a hair product project by and it's no surprise that she did it at spellman college where she was in her senior year hmm. a traditional female black a historical black college and university hmm. in the united states hmm. which i will get to in a different podcast <laughs> because this would never have happened in canada no if a white woman had done it, it would have happened in canada oh sure okay um she applied and was selected for the thomas j watson fellowship so she got paid for this project okay which would never happen in canada so she is um she attended training to prepare for an internship and was shocked by the advice that she was given the trainer who was also a person of color said to us if you want to if you want to be taken seriously you should not wear your natural afro style you have to keep a conservative look or it will cost you the opportunity of a job. So let me get this straight. So having black hair in its natural style will will limit your opportunities while researching black no, hair? No, no, no. No, no, no. Will limit the opportunities to get a job, period, in corporate, um, the corporate um, world. In the corporate world. So she wrote a book. She wrote... A book demonstrating how different braiding styles are used in various cultures to symbolize things such as religious beliefs, social status, and even a purple a, a person's name. So I don't have the name of the book in this article, which is a glaring omission, at least. But she does write a blog, thenaturalhairadvocate.com. To look at the politics of black hair and i would suggest that everybody every, everybody everybody um go to this blog and just get a primer on what the politics of black hair is okay so now we're on to misogynist of the week and we've got two contenders this week Ooh. Bill O'Reilly, which I'm amazed it took us this long to get to Bill O'Reilly as the misogynist of the week. I mean, it's been a packed house. It's been a packed house. And then, of course, French Montana. By the way, is anyone still listening to French Montana? Like, why? Well, that, that's so relevant. He's a sleeper. He's a sleeper. It's, Never would have came out of nowhere. Left well, field. you know what happened is he sort of dated Khloe Kardashian, and then she dumped him, but now Amber Rose has been, like, Snapchatting with French Montana, so now he's got... What is with Amber Rose and Black China taking Kardashian left I don't know. I'm like, girls, you can do better. To be fair, Amber Rose dated Kanye West before Kim. Well, that's true. But it, see, they, they even started it, and they seem like they're taking Kardashian leftovers. Yeah. Yeah, actually, well, that's, actually, yeah, because Black China did date Tyga before. That's Tyga. right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, Kylie, that's him such an awkward situation. It's the most awkward. 
that is. Oh. They need to get away from from the the Kardashian Jenner clan. I think they could be great on their own. They do amazing things. They do that slut walk stuff, which is awesome. Amber Rose. Amber Rose. Right. Yeah. And Black China's her bestie, so I feel like she supports her in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. fucking weird. I have I have feelings about Amber Rose that I won't even start. <laughs> anyway, with let's talk about Bill O'Reilly. Let's talk about. Oh, everyone's been talking about Bill O'Reilly. I don't know. Every, I feel like every 10 years, some big, like, sexual assault, like, sexual assault, sexual harassment lawsuit comes about. Because didn't you have one in the early 2000s, too? I don't know. And, like, 2004, I think it was. (laughs) Anyway, so Bill O'Reilly is a host, actually the top host on Fox News. Um, The top? Yeah, he gets the the most viewers. Um, So he's been... He's facing allegate a series of allegations of sexual harassment and or other behavior. Um, and the New York Times has found a total of five women uh, who have received payouts from him or the company in exchange for agreeing not to pursue litigation. Hmm. Um, and this is following, of course, in the footsteps of the former chairman of the network Roger Ailes who was dismissed last summer for sexual harassment um, in, which included Megan Kelly oh right yes that's right um, so basically um, Bill O'Reilly big sexual harasser still on the television however I think there are at least 40 advertisers who have pulled their ads from his time slot oh well that's good to know and this is how um, these people lose their jobs. Right. Money talks, honey. Yeah. Because exactly. if people aren't willing to advertise during his show, then he doesn't matter. He gets two million viewers for his hour. Yeah. He's he not gets, making them any money. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's like, well, that's what happens with athletes too. Look at Tiger. Nike had to pull everything with Tiger. <laughs> I love Tiger Woods. Really? <laughs> I loved him. I loved him as well. Well, as soon as he got on Oprah and talked about his coblination or whatever the hell it is, his Caucasian coblicanation, I was just like, oh, peace out, bro. <laughs> I was out. Because <laughs> that's, that's a precursor. Anyways, yeah. Bill O'Reilly, 67. Mm-hmm. I, you know what's annoying? I'm He's 67? Looking, yeah. I'm looking Ugh. at this New York Times article, and they've got the women who have made these allegations against him. And why do we have to have women in these super chaste... Like, they're all, like, in their gray living rooms wearing sweaters up to their neck. And, like, like I just it just gets on my nerves that we then make women have to look like the pure, like, super chaste. It's like... They could have cleavage and still have legitimate allegations of sexual harassment against Bill O'Reilly. Well, it's 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 akin to the Rona Ambrose story we just talked about. See, now I'm now I'm naming it the Rona Ambrose story. <laughs> um, I think yeah, but I think it just reflects that 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 culture. We have this culture of women asking for it. Well, yeah. if you're not chaste then you were asking for it. Yeah. If you're, if you, and then, see, this is, this is the bullshit. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be chaste and you're supposed to be silent. Yeah. And you're supposed to not be in opposition to the man and you're supposed to shut the fuck up. 
But you're also supposed to lean in. But you're also... Yeah. You're also supposed to lean in. And you're also supposed to stand up for yourself. And when... If, if a sexual assault happens, then why... What didn't you do to prevent it? Why didn't you say no? Why didn't you speak up for yourself? And you're just like... Because your culture taught me that that was wrong. Yeah. It's like how, how Mormon girls are told to keep sweet. Yeah, like, That's yeah. so creepy. Uh, yeah. That is creepy. Yeah, they're told to keep sweet and then get married off at like 14. So there you go. Bountiful BC. <laughs> so hey. let's, let's see what uh, French Montana's up to. He's up to some misogynoir. Okay. Ooh. Tell us about Ooh, that. What a fun portmanteau. <laughs> I love a portmanteau. Oh my God, I love that you just use portmanteau. Yeah, so um, I guess that means I kind of have to define it. Yes. Massage noir, which I am trying to do so on Urban Dictionary, but for some reason I'm not, I'm probably not spelling it right. But it's basically, it's basically misogyny against black women. From black people or from not black people? From anybody. Okay. So... Black feminism um, will usually point out misogynoir um, as in terms of anybody who who perpetrates it. This week we have French Montana. So when you said who listens to French Montana, yeah, well, somebody else had that question. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah, this is. Cute. Did they add him? Were they like, who the fuck, what, fuck listens to at French Montana anymore? I I I was just I feel like, like that's something I would do. I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's something I would do too. I actually subtweeted him, but he didn't, you know, massage nor me. So anyway, um, no, she didn't add him. So she just said, "Who listens to French Montana?" She said, "So it's this." So let me. Let me um, describe her profile pic. So she's at Art Decox. <laughs> my funny as hell. Art Decox. <laughs> so she's, this is a, a black girl in her 20s or younger. So early 20s, late teens. And she has braids. Like poetic justice braids, basically. Maybe a little thinner. So she said, she tweeted, the fact that French Montana thinks anyone cares about him, dot, dot, and then puts like a little, uh, face, right? Okay, okay. That's all she said. And I thought, yeah, you're right. So then he tweeted, he subtweeted her and said, you musty, crusty, dusty, rusty asshole with them nappy ass poetic justice braids Take your cum drinking, dick banging ass somewhere and be humble. What? What? That is a very out of scale reaction. Like why? Why is he taking a bazooka to kill a fly? Yeah, like there is no. Like how? Can we? Can we? Like can we? A okay. The obvious thing is I don't even know what kind of what kind of. Septic sinkhole you have to emerge from to come up with that response. Yeah, seriously. Um, 
just the abject disrespect in that response. Yeah. And somebody's going to, I know somebody's going to say, well, she disrespected him first. Not at the same scale. Yeah, no, to, that's not the response. And second of all, why would you respond to somebody who has like 850 followers? Well, yeah. Also, like she didn't at him, so he had to search for his name. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh true. yeah, that's true. So, so true. he was on Twitter searching, be like, oh, what's the world saying about me today? He has like a heartbeat, like a heart. <laughs> like, I bet you his Google like, alerts. He probably, yeah. <laughs> for fuck's sake. It's probably like an, like an analytics, you know how you can like monitor yeah. your sentiment? Yes. Like he like sentiment analysis, oh. his name. <laughs> this is so painful. There's a lot. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Like when dudes are like, like like crusty cum dumpster stuff like that i'm like why are you so full of your own self-loathing like dudes are like obsessed with calling like calling out women for like like being receptacles for semen and it's like well yeah you're the ejaculating one like fuck (laughs) what do you want me to do it's biology bitch yeah like you're the towel you Come down and go home. <laughs> so we just hit that explicit mark. <laughs> well, two misogynists so this week. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, but there's more. Oh. oh so, um, so when he was called anti-black. Oh. Uh-huh. He said. So, sorry, just to clarify, is French Montana black? Ah. French Montana is Moroccan. French Montana apparently comes from an area of Morocco of wealth. Like, he comes from an estate. Oh, okay. Yeah. In Morocco, outside of Casablanca. So, apparently, that's a pretty upscale type of lifestyle. So, I don't even know what he's rapping about anyway. (laughs) Um, So, Kareem, (laughs) because that's his name. Okay. Kareem said, my son is black and I was born in Africa. I lived there for 13 years. I ain't no punching bag and I don't discriminate. Don't come for me. Which is the non-black people of color way of saying I have a black friend. Yeah. So basically, his because he has a half black son. Yeah. Um, because somebody decided to be his receptacle, um, he thinks that he can call, call black women nappy-headed hoes. Ooh, Aladonimus. God. So I found an article on why nappy, the word nappy is racist. And I posted it on my Facebook and it's on my Twitter timeline. And I'm not going to go through this now because we're running out of time but i just want to say that for non-black people of color this is not okay you don't get a pass because you're not white you don't get to use the word the n-word because you're not white you don't get to call black women or shit all over black women because you're not white okay because all you're doing is you're perpetrating the same white supremacy that you say you're against because it doesn't work for you. Yeah. Not because it's a bad concept. Right. 
And on top of that, considering the French Montana is another purveyor of black culture and he likes to swing it around whenever he wants to, yeah. yet wants to, you know, like when somebody calls him, like she didn't even call him out. She's like, no way, like who cares? All she said was who, who listens, basically said who listens to yeah. him anymore. Exactly. And it's like, dude, you're in Amber Rose's Snapchat, so why are you mad? Like, yeah. <laughs> you mad, bro? You mad, bro? Yeah. Like he could have just been like, I was just in Amber Rose's Snapchat, so fuck off. Like, yeah. If at all, like you said, she's like 800 followers. Like, who yes. Cares? Who cares? Yeah. Okay. So Celebr- that's my piece. Celebrity fragility. <gasps> oh! oh next you're time killing on, it today. Next time, I, I'm bad so- and Celebrity oh, <laughs> 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 fragility. <laughs> Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Bad and Bitchy. You can find us on Twitter at Bad and Bitchy and on Instagram at Bad and Bitchy Pod. And please send us your comments, your love, your hate mail, and article suggestions and topics to badandbpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And as always, stay bitchy. Bye! Bad and bitch, bad and bitch.